Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that at each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired, no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. My guest today had me laughing so much during our conversation that I even had to edit some of it out. And the joy continued into the editing of this episode. Get ready to smile and maybe even laugh yourself. My guest Vanessa Perry is so relatable, friendly, and down to earth. In this conversation, we chat all about spirituality, intuition, and even neurodivergence. In this case, ADHD. She's got an awesome take on things like ADHD, one that I personally have thought about too. It's a really cool theory. Once you give it a listen, please let me know what you think about that or the whole thing. You can post a comment in our Facebook group, The Dragonfly Connection, or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions for Vanessa, you can even ask her directly in the group. If you're not already a part of it, the link to join is in the show notes, and it's totally free. Before we begin, let me tell you a little bit more about Vanessa. She is a career mental health therapist turned intuitive holistic counselor. Vanessa believes that our troubles are rooted and treated beyond just the mind and helps others explore non-traditional practices for healing and empowerment. She believes that abundance and soul-led living is achievable for everyone. That means you. And she thrives on the work of co-creating this with her clients. Vanessa is also a podcast host and offers a ton of great resources on her website. All the ways to connect with her and listen to her podcast are in the show notes. I am honored to have her on this podcast, sharing her story and wisdom with us. Now let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. Thanks for being here, Vanessa. I'm super excited to get chatting with you. I'm sure this is going to be hard to fit into an hour, but we'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk for 17 hours about everything. I I kind of assumed you could. So yeah, we'll try to narrow it down and stay on track. Uh, First of all, let my listeners know where you are in the world. Well, where I am in the world right now, and Mm -hmm. I say right now because I move around a lot. (laughs) That's what I read about you. (laughs) <laughs> I am actually moving again. Um, so <laughs> right kind now, of girl. All right. <laughs> I'm in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Nice. It's, it's beautiful over here. It's a little bit bittersweet to leave, but I am excited about, you know, seeing the next place or two or however many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where are you moving to? Um, well, so I have a plan and it's funny because I know that this will come out later. So we'll see how yeah. this plan comes out. I love um, it. My plan is to travel for a bit. Um, I wanted to buy a house right away and the market is not really pleasant for that right now. (laughs) It is also not pleasant for renting. And so I decided, you know, I've always said that I wanted to travel. I've always said that, you know, traveling all over the place with my daughter would be my favorite thing to do. And it feels like the universe (laughs) must agree. (laughs) And so I've got perfect timing for that. So that's my next step. And that could be three months. That could be six months. That could be a year. I'm just kind of taking it as it goes and letting, letting that flow come in and, and, 
and, and online. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so you mentioned move, traveling with your daughter. How old? Uh, she's six and a half right now. Oh, okay. So are you going to do homeschool if you plan to go past the summer? Yeah. Well, so I already do homeschool with her because okay. she would have hit kindergarten. She's a, she's a late, uh, late birthday. She's a November birthday. Mm-hmm. So she skipped that, that cutoff. And so she would have started kindergarten right in the middle of this, the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I was like, I am not sending her to school for that to be her first experience. Oh my God. <laughs> and- <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. yeah and it was kindergarten. I said, what, you know, like we can play at home and learn just fine. And from there it became, you know, she doesn't want to go to school now. <laughs> she really likes learning this way. And I really like that she doesn't have to go to school. So we're, yeah. we're planning on continuing that and finding some good curriculum while we're on the road and fun. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm somewhat envious for sure. So you mentioned you've lived in several different locations. Uh, tell us, tell us the other places you've lived real quick. Okay. Uh, well, I was born in Massachusetts and okay. that, that's what I consider my home state. And uh, I've lived in, I lived in New Hampshire for a while and then I kind of bounced in between New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And then I lived in New Jersey for 10 years mm-hmm. and from New Jersey, I went to Florida for four <laughs> from Florida I tried Texas for six months and I did not like that so Mm -hmm. then I went Texas to here so I've been in Myrtle Beach and you know in between there's been you know some bouncing but I think of those as like my you know the, the landing spots that were truly landing spots yeah fun okay so you've spent a lot of time on the east coast then it sounds and is that how you know Beverly Daniel it is. Hey, <laughs> small world. I did, but when I invited you to the podcast, I did not know you guys were old friends. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So she, I just, for my listeners that are confused and don't know and haven't listened yet, Beverly's episode was episode 19 of this season. Yeah. How do you and Beverly know each other then? Well, so it was my first year in college and it was one of the times that I bounced back to Massachusetts because, mm-hmm. you know, home is home is home. I got a job at Market Basket, which is a grocery store up there. And we worked together at Market Basket. Oh. <laughs> and as the universe has it, you know, and this, I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned this, that we get put together with like-minded souls, even when we don't understand the connection yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, neither one of us were on this spiritual path at, at that time. And like to look at our lives then and now and having stayed connected for all that time, it's really like I have goosebumps right now just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I bet it's. So cool. So cool. So I, I want to ask you, uh, this is a question I asked in my Facebook group today. What are you reading right now? I'm sure that you, I hope that you read. (laughs) 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 Maybe the answer is going to be nothing. (laughs) You know, it's really funny. It usually is nothing because I pack my life full of tons of activities Uh that it makes it difficult for me to sit down and read. However, uh, the book that I'm reading right now is across the room right now. And it is called um, The Man Who, It's I I think it's The Man Who Broke Up With Money or something along those lines. I wish I had a better remembrance of it, but it's essentially a story about um, a man who just decided that the capitalist world was not for him. And he went and lived off the grid and he has, you know, forever since, I guess. Um, you know, just kind of living off the land and not allowing money to control him. So um, I thought it was interesting. I was in a secondhand bookstore and just happened to grab it. So yeah, yeah, the man, I think it's the man who broke up with money. That's awesome. I think that's great because I think a lot of us have at least 
entertained that fantasy in the last couple years, especially. Right. So I think that's a great book for you to pick up. Um, I was like, yeah, huh. it's perfect timing. Like I didn't perfect. really quite understand how that probably was going to play into my life, but we're going to have a real big money shift going on this trip. So yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about that because that has to do with a lot with spiritual journeys and healing journeys, timing, right. We're not always Absolutely. ready when other people think we should be ready, or even when we think we should be ready. I do want to mention though, I want to start out mentioning that you have your own podcast called Freud's Angels. I do. And it's with, a, like you mentioned before, a podcast or a partner of yours that you guys do it together. And I did listen to your most recent episode. It's called Physical Manifestations of Growing Intuition. And in that episode, you did mention, and you did chat a bit about your own healing and spiritual journeys. That's what I always like to start out with, in fact, is my guests' own journeys Mm-hmm. before we talk about how now you help other people, how things led up to you becoming a mental health therapist. Okay. Well, that one's an easy one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, it started with uh, being really young and telling my dad, I wanted to do the job that he does. He's a welder and a mechanic. And he said, no, <laughs> you need to go to school and do something, you know, that's not this hard. His life mm-hmm. was really hard. He thought, um, and so not too long after that, I was elected into, um, in high school, they have a group, uh, a peer counseling service called, um, peer outreach. And mm-hmm. I was elected into that. It's something that, you know, they pull the student body and, and like six people get to be part of it. So to me, that was a special thing. Um, and we went on trainings and, and learned how to be counselors. And I thought, man, this is like way easier than everything, anything I've ever done. I love it. I, I mean, I am this person for all my friends. And so, I mean, I was lucky to know that most of my path from that, that age. So it wasn't difficult for me to pick a school or a path or anything like that. You know, I just went with it. Did, how was your experience growing up before that? Maybe you're just super, (laughs) super helpful and you've never experienced any hardships yourself, but usually that's not the case, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I wish I shouldn't say that because honestly, if life was easy, it would be here right now. Yeah. So my early childhood was, you know, kind of, I don't want to say tumultuous, but mm-hmm. you know, it was just a lot, you know, my, my parents had to struggle to, to take care of us and everything. And I'm the oldest of the family. So mm-hmm. I got to do, I got to be like the third parent. <laughs> so from that early age, and I loved doing it. I didn't, I never really remember not liking it. I've mm-hmm. always loved taking care of my brother and sister. I don't know if that is innate in me. And then that just grew or if that just became my role, but that, yeah, it was definitely, you know, part of it, part of like mm-hmm. my parents' journey. That was, I think the part that I got to carry out of it is, um, you know, just a little bit more compassion and, and an ability to, to create an environment that um, people feel cared for in. Yeah. Yeah. I think being the oldest, which I am as well, it does come more naturally. I, it is not surprising to either of us probably. And a lot of people listening that, yeah, those of us that are the oldest do tend to go into professions where we're helping other people like with their health stuff and spirituality. So you became a therapist and I'm sure you dove a lot into your own healing at that point. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you kind of have to, you have to see a therapist to become a therapist and yes. go through all kinds of training that brings up stuff in your own mental health and history. But what was your experience as a therapist? So it's kind of interesting <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a surprise, any of it. 
Um, also growing up because my parents were really trying, they were trying to break their own cycles. Um, I was in like a a peer group when I was, when I was younger. So I got like, technically speaking, I guess, group therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, it was non-traditional at the time, but so I got some healing there, like a lot of healing there. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when it came to school though, it didn't heal me as much (laughs) as I started to form my own belief systems which is kind of the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing, right? Like you're supposed to be listening and learning and doing what they tell you. And it was like, a lot of it was rubbing up against me a little bit negatively. And maybe it was because of that own healing journey of mine feeling like, oh, that doesn't quite like resonate with me. So I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. And it wasn't really just that I rejected it right away. I just felt like, oh, this is quite rigid and uh, I'm not interested. I mean, I won't say that I didn't like my, my job as a, as a therapist. I do believe that it, this type of situation is, is right for me, but mm-hmm. I did find it just way rigid. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a place where people's souls were there uh, present in session. It was more just, let's talk about your brain and your mind and, and, and only those connections. So mm-hmm. um, I think I was a bit detached from that when I was learning it, I didn't re- quite feel I guess what maybe some other people would feel if they were in that same zone. You know, that's really interesting you say that because you actually did go to school and become a therapist. And that was actually one of my first dream careers. And intuitively, and we're going to talk more about that word here in a minute. Intuitively, I just knew that I couldn't handle, I wouldn't fit into that more rigid way Mm. of being. So I became a massage therapist and a Reiki practitioner instead. (laughs) Skipped all the middle crap that I had to do and went straight to the good stuff. I That's did, so I did. And uh, people often be like, you should go back to school to be a, a you know, a counselor, a psychologist, social, whatever. I'm like, no, I mean, I love mental health therapists. I have an amazing one who's open to all kinds of different things. And she is, you know, can, can because she's independent, be very... Uh, experimental and talk about more of the spiritual stuff, but, uh, but I knew early on that wasn't for me. And you know, your journey though, you had to experience it firsthand Mm -hmm. to know that wasn't, and and I'm sure that it helps you a lot and gives you a leg up in what you're doing now. It does. I think, I think for me, it feels like I get to connect the worlds. And if I had never been in that world, I wouldn't be able to do that. So being able to speak out and say, Hey, these are both valid you know, or all of them, you know, cause when you bring body into it too, like all of these ways of healing are valid together. We don't yeah. have to just address psychology as the way to be well. Um, we can add all of these things in together and no one is better than the other. They're all, they're all valid. Yes, completely. Okay. So you did that for how many years? How many years did you put that label on? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> trauma count too many right <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're so, gonna switch this conversation into trauma yeah. <laughs> right. it is I mean it really in my chest I felt it um awesome. so I I did it off and on you know okay. so I would say like off and on for about 10 years before I got it <laughs> before I realized like stop trying to stuff yourself in the box man yeah um, so yeah it, it, it was off and on for about 10 years okay and so you eventually left it like what made you take that that leap what inspired you to do something um, different 
Well, uh, it was my daughter. <laughs> Not uh-huh. oddly enough. I feel like this happens to a lot of parents. It does. <laughs> Once they come into the world, you, you're, you see the world very differently. Um, and when I got pregnant with her, I found out I was pregnant the day I went to orientation for a new job. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> it ended up being a terrible job that I cried at every day, but it was mm. almost like she saved me even then, because then it was like, this job isn't going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there would be a break at some point. Yeah. After I had her and her father and I had a discussion of whether or not we wanted to put her in daycare at six weeks, I said, no, <laughs> like, how can we make this work? And he agreed. So I stayed home. But after a little bit of time, it started to feel like, oh, I miss, you know, I just miss what I do. I yeah. miss helping people. And yes, I'm helping people here and I'm helping a baby grow, but it's that different kind of stimulation. So about a year after she was born was when I came up with the idea of online counseling in my mind. I mean, obviously I didn't invent it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the birth of it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> you didn't come up with it, but you're definitely uh, the OG because, you know, now it's commonplace, right? Since 2020. We got, I got That's... lucky. I, alignment. Like, yeah. alignment. <laughs> Let me help you out, girl. <laughs> totally. So at that time, had you decided to just continue with online traditional counseling or were you already shifting into more of the intuitive counselor, life coach, health coach, spiritual coach at that point? Well, I couldn't. So the, the, okay. the funny thing about this is that to be a licensed therapist anywhere, you've got to do a certain amount of hours supervised. Mm-hmm. Since I graduated, I didn't live in a spot long enough ah, <laughs> to accumulate yeah. those hours. So I could never achieve the license. I did finally do that in South Carolina and then I abandoned it anyway. So <laughs> it was kind of pointless. But um, so at that time, because I had gotten pregnant with her right when I was starting this job, it was like, it's not going to happen. So you're going to have to do something different because you have to differentiate yourself. So you don't get in trouble. Basically. Mm -hmm. Um, you can't practice quote unquote mental health therapy in each state. There's a different protected term, but you know, you have to call yourself something different and do things a little bit differently. So it was a struggle to try to detach from it. It wasn't a struggle to want to, but I just kept feeling like I was doing something wrong for a really long time. Interesting. Okay. Did you notice how that feeling of feeling like you're doing something wrong affected you? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like imposter syndrome all over the place. Mm, Yeah. Like (laughs) daily basis. I'm imagining daily basis. Right. So, okay. So what were some of the ways that you overcame that? Well, so I, I finally, I feel like we, we flock to the people that we need to, if we're paying attention. Yes. And um, my podcast partner, actually, I went to high school with. And at that time, we had kind of reconnected. And she was like, you know, she she was in tune to my intuition before I was. So that's awesome. <laughs> she was kind of like, pulling me along slowly, like, Hey, you want to learn this? You want to, here's the thing that I'm, you know, that I'm doing right now. So I would say that I, I started to hook into the network that allowed me to feel comfortable exploring something different. Through that, I felt comfort because it really, you know, allowed me the separation. I knew where I didn't belong. And that when you only know where you don't belong, that's not a very comfortable spot to be in. (laughs) So I had to find those people to be comfortable. That was my biggest coping mechanism was a network. You can't be an island when you're confused or else it gets worse. So that was, I would say, 
career-wise and, you know, even intuition-wise and following mm-hmm. that, that was my biggest thing with network. At the time, I, I'm not going to lie, my stress management was really difficult because my home life wasn't good <laughs> other than being a mom. It was a lot of survival at that yeah. time, Yeah, which is, you know, I know a lot of people probably listening, that's we hit that spot and sometimes it's really hard to get out of. It really is. You know, it wasn't until my husband told me at, so I met him in my early thirties. And at that point I had already been a mom for 10 years. I had been a business owner. I had been working, helping other people at that point as a career for seven years And he said to me one time, and I remember getting super pissed, but he was like, it's like, you just know how to survive and not thrive. And I was just like, how dare you? (laughs) But I do it really well. Right. You forgot that part. (laughs) I was just like, but no, no. And then, I mean, it's taken years, years and years and years Mm -hmm. for me to accept that that was like a really truthful observation. And I'm really grateful for that gift because even those of us that have the tools and can help others with those tools, we're not always the best helpers to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like we have the compassion for everybody, but we don't have time to have the compassion for ourselves. Yes. 100%. (laughs) This is a total assumption. Are you now a single parent? I am. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was a single parent for 11 years. So yeah. I, yeah, you, we really don't have yeah. the time like, no, 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 I'll help you. Don't ask me about me. Right. Right. <laughs> and it feels like the, you know, the, the, the validation of your talent has to go t- outward. It can't stay inward. You know, it was in that it still comes around to being like, no, if you practice it on yourself too, that's work. Like you're being productive, you know, that big P word that we have to be. (laughs) The P word. Okay. So you, it seems like you've really gone on a really deep dive spiritual journey for yourself. And now that's what you do help other people with. How has your, now, obviously you're human. (laughs) And you still have, like you said, stress and we all do stress is just part of our life. But from what you've told me, from what I see on your website, from what I'm just picking up your work that you do for others and yourself and your own work on yourself has really deepened mm-hmm. and you've really dove into and listening to your podcast too, like you've really dove into the spirituality side. So What did that journey look like? What, where did spiritually, where did you start to where you are now? Um, I started, uh, Irish Catholic. (laughs) I think I heard you mention that somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So we're far off that path. (laughs) Uh Um, it it was hard. The letting go of that was really, really difficult because up until I moved to Florida, Oh God, maybe even when I was in Florida, Mm -hmm. I held on to that so hard because it was my only spirituality. And when you're in, and this isn't to knock anybody who is religious, you do what you need to do. But for me, it felt so restrictive that I couldn't go elsewhere or else I was kind of like abandoning the the values of the church. So Mm -hmm. I didn't for a long time. And then it was like, you know, like I think a lot of people, I felt like my spirit got broken And I was grasping for straws at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, this religion isn't really hitting 
the way that I need it to hit. And I'm curious. So I got curious, you know, that meant like, what are you all doing with these crystals? <laughs> What's this like Reiki stuff? Like t- show me about, about my energy, you know, not just, you know, just show me. And so the curiosity, I think just ended up taking over. Then, you know, again, when your spirit starts to get hurt, I think you deep, you deep dive more. And mm-hmm. that happened, you know, a couple of years ago, right before the, the pandemic, when I came here to Myrtle Beach, it was with the intention of really just starting over, building a foundation for my daughter and myself, being very serious about it because I'm very serious about being a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hard, you know, like coming up against all of the, the nasty programming that was telling me that I was doing everything wrong and that I was abandoning all the people and things that, you know, got me here. I started to do things that I never thought I would do. I was doing like, um, you know, Koya, which is like an, like a, a therapeutic dance where <laughs> I'd never, nice. never heard of it before. But um, so I was doing that and I, I went under um, hypnotism, mm-hmm. like, but a spiritual hypnotism with a shaman, you know, not just so like, cool. and just the release that I found, the inner knowledge that I found, I got goosebumps just talking about it. It was like, so priceless and like everybody on the spiritual journey once you feel it you're like I need everybody to feel this (laughs) because my gosh I feel so free (laughs) yes and then you become passionate about shouting it to the world like you and I both are doing (laughs) exactly like maybe you don't want to hear but you're gonna listen (laughs) I'm gonna keep telling you right because that's what I needed I needed it to be flashing in front of my eyes multiple times for me to finally go, I'll try anything. Mm -hmm. So like you mentioned, it wasn't an easy journey because they never are. Unfortunately, you know, I hate saying that because people go, well, I don't want to go on a hard journey, (laughs) but then I follow up with, and I'm sure you agree. It is so worth it. Absolutely. So what, absolutely. What are some of the things that you've noticed in your life, career-wise, health-wise, with your, being a parent, since really diving into a deeper form of spirituality? Well, this is where I could talk for 17 hours, but I yeah. won't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yep. We're going to shout it forever. I think that it helped me loosen my grip on what you're supposed to do. That spanned through all of the, all of those realms of, the, of, of us that you just talked about Mm -hmm. when you can release and become curious instead of rigid and instead of already knowing and you know all of that kind of stuff it really opens up so much I mean health wise I I always was you know the you have to eat this and then you have to work out and that's how you be healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's the easy way of right I just I just shared that I'm like for some of us that part's easy we're like yes I'm healthy I can exercise and eat right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it was like, oh, well, the stress is taking a toll on everything and affecting your hormones. And that's why you had to go through fertility treatments and, you know, just all of these kind of things, mm-hmm. finding the, the, the things that were inflaming my body and being like, oh, even though that is quote unquote healthy, it's not healthy for me. You know, seeing some of the depleted vegetables and stuff that we're eating, how they're depleted of nutrients because mm-hmm. of the way that they're grown and things. I mean, you, it really expands so wide, but you learn so much about your own body when you open up and allow those things to be real. It's scary because you don't want to say to yourself, I'm never going to eat this, that, and the other, that is really not good for me ever again. A lot of people don't want to hear it, 
but when you get on that journey, you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you well, start to feel the benefit. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and when we're tapped deeper into our spirituality, that instantly connects us deeper to our intuition, whether we're still ready or not to listen. That doesn't mean, you, you know, you're still going to listen, even if you're uber spiritual, you may not listen to your intuition still. But when you said, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear, don't eat this for the rest of your life, or even for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But I think when we're tapped into our intuition, you intuitively like just know, I mean, I haven't eaten real ice cream in 10 years. Yeah. And I don't even miss it. It's because yeah. intuitively, even like my intuition, anytime I imagine eating it, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Tap, tap, tap. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> It's true. It's true. And I remember one of my friends becoming a yoga instructor and saying, she was like, it's totally weird how doing this for my body has made me care so much more about what I put in my body. Because it's like, you really are, you become, I'm getting goosebumps again. You become reconnected with yourself as a a 3D being and how you affect (laughs) that. And it's like, it creates this whole other level of responsibility. That you're like, oh, I don't. Well, okay, I, if I I can achieve more, or if I don't do those things, I'm. It, it's like you said, it just intuitively becomes. I don't want to because I know you can. You can already play the tape all the way out to how bad it is for you. Mm-hmm. And because spirituality is part of our whole health system, you know, we are spiritual beings, and this body we're in is an important vessel holding that and those they're all connected so you have learned that piece of it and then I'm assuming I'm making all kinds of assumptions here are you I don't know I I just feel like I'm already tapped in right (laughs) they're not assumptions they're intuitive exactly (laughs) so you're probably a lot more comfortable now taking off that catholic label Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't serving you and you, and you, you know, probably weren't serving it because you were playing by the rules and that doesn't work for everybody. Like you said, it does work for some people. I am sure I have listeners that are Catholics and it's lovely, but it's not for everybody. And I think that that's what it taught me was that the, the knowledge, and then you become way more, more understanding of everybody that mm-hmm. way, where you're like, if you connect to your religion, the way that I connect to my spirituality, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It just matters what you connect with. Because yeah. when you look at all of our spiritual leaders, all they were doing was connecting with their spirit. And then we decided to create religions out of it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah, not even yeah. what they would have wanted, I feel. <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Yeah, we like to screw things up, really, is what, yeah, is what us humans like. And then those spiritual sides of us need to swoop in and clean it up. Right, right, <laughs> right. Whether, whether we do it on purpose or we do it by force by having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yes, yeah, because it can feel like a crisis. I mean, that's actually kind of what you mentioned in that podcast episode, even mm-hmm. you in, in that episode, you were talking a lot about, you know, the body connection to everything, mm-hmm. which we're not going to go into because I'll just say, listen to Vanessa's podcast if you want to hear more about this, <laughs> but it, it's not easy. <laughs> and oh. again, we've, we've already said that too on this episode. I will say, so it's not easy, but yeah. I feel like it gets easier as you go along because you get, you, once you start to see what's on the other side of it, you are more willing to walk the, the, that path. You yeah. know, at first it's like you 
you may want to turn away depending on which way you started out, right? Like yeah. if you start this out sitting in a therapy session and pouring out, you know, some trauma, this maybe would make you want to be like, I don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, start your journey with like a fun or a, some sort of hypnotism thing, and it makes you curious, then you're going to have a different connection to it. Yeah, so I think yeah. that that matters a lot. But once you start to see the benefit, you know, you, you see the hard coming and you go, you breathe through it and say, on the other side of this, I know what's there and yeah. I'm willing to get it. And when you're working with people, do you help teach them tools to make it easier? Yes, I have to, or else they'll leave. <laughs> yes, because you're exactly right. What you said, I'm going to say it again, is it doesn't have to always be hard. It yeah. does get easier. Once we start learning the tools, we have things to go back to. I want to get a little more personal again, back to being personal. Uh, on your website, and I'm just going to give it a plug, vanessaperry.net. You mentioned that you do still sometimes have high anxiety and ADHD. I do. And that is more and more common. I think, I mean, I'm not a mental health therapist, but from talking to people, I know it's been common for a long time. Thankfully, actually in the last two years, it's come up as like more, less taboo topics to talk about. It's getting more mainstream and even buzzword-ish in a way, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Let's bring light to those things. So could you share some ways that you manage that for yourself? Sure. So I'll start with when I first, I was first diagnosed with ADHD when I was in college. Uh, High school is very easy for me. I now know that it is because of my intuition that I didn't know that that's what it was. (laughs) Sometimes I would just know things and didn't know why I knew them and Mm. and, hey, you're gliding through. Um, And college was difficult. I think the transition made it hard. So I went to the doctor and he told me I had ADHD and I was like, no, (laughs) Like I thought it's not possible that I have this because, uh, you know, life's been pretty easy. And then when mm-hmm. I started to really look into it, I, I thought, okay, I, I can accept this. I can accept this label, but what an ended up happening. I'm just going to fast forward and just talk yeah. about today more than most of that journey is that I've become a person that understands and feels and believes that these are things that are created because of a society that can't accept our spirit like at all you know like Mm -hmm. the the, having adhd means that you can't fit in the box it means that you won't fit in the box Mm -hmm. and that's a very specific box so now we have to label you inattentive because you can't sit down and do something that you don't want to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. or or, you know we've created a, a society where we have so many things on our plate that we're all anxious on on some level but if you take away a lot of what society has given us we all and we all say it if you know if I had millions of dollars I'd be fine and yes and no but honestly I think a lot there's a lot more yes than we realize and want to talk about because Mm -hmm. then it really points to the society that we've created it has created these disorders they didn't just show up organically as brain disorders it's spirit not fitting with this society we've created. Yeah. Um, so uh, long story short, that has helped me disconnect from the negativity of the label uh-huh. of it. So that that has helped me immensely with the, the coping of having it saying to myself, okay, I don't fit in this box. What mm-hmm. box do I fit in? What box can I draw for myself? So that my ADHD, y'all can't see my air quotes, but my ADHD can thrive. And that Mm -hmm. was creating my own business, doing things my own way, 
and I don't struggle. So how could I have ADHD if I don't struggle in the world I've created for myself? (laughs) Awesome. But you still feel anxiety sometimes? I do. And it's always, yeah. And it's always, it's always related to the programming that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that when things are smooth sailing and everything is, um, you know, the way that I've created it and there's no waves, I feel great. The waves yeah. are always like a financial hit coming in or um, a parenting thing coming in where, where there's some negative programming showing up mm-hmm. for me that I have to now work through. Sometimes I have trouble still making decisions. Some of that's my Libra side. <laughs> I'm like all air signs, Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. <laughs> so I'm just floating along anyway. Yeah. Um, you're not in a box. You're in a cloud. I just imagine yes. like, I don't see an actual box. I see you in like yeah. this fluffy bouncing around cloud. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a that, really good thing. It is a good thing, except people, you know, it's, it's not, it's not great for everybody. Not everybody can really, you know, deal with a cloud. So um, when, when that anxiety comes in, I, mm-hmm. I do lean heavily on a lot of the tools that I've created for myself mm-hmm. versus just the tools I learned in, in psychology, because I feel like there's a place for that, but it has to come from you. So when I, even when I teach my clients, I sit down with them and I'm like, what do you connect with? Do you connect with music? Do you connect, like, what's your favorite sense, right? Like, and we kind of go through that. And if you connect with smells, then we're going to go heavy on some aromatherapy because that connects with you. I can't just tell you to sit and meditate. If you are not a meditate, if you can't sit, if mm-hmm. it, then this isn't going to be helpful for you. You're going to feel like a failure. So for me personally, um, I do use a lot of aromatherapy. I always mm-hmm. have something going. I have like inhaler wands. <laughs> I mean, as a, this house, no matter where you go, you can have a different experience <laughs> because of That's the awesome. scent. I will say meditation is very, very low on my list. I okay. don't do it very well. Thank I, you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting Mm -hmm. and being quiet. (laughs) So I do more. I do. That's surprising. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Really? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? So yeah, you were going to say something else and I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. What about guided meditation? Is that still more challenging for you? Guided meditations are a little bit better, but I will say I, I still kind of don't like them. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. I, I love that you're, yeah. Thank you for being honest because a lot of people do use that as a tool or they say they do very rarely do people say, I don't like it, especially people on my podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you. So you were getting ready to say, so instead you. So it, yeah. So instead <laughs> I do more of like my own energy field stuff. So okay. oh, like I take like intentional showers where I'll sit in there and imagine the cleansing and you know, rooting and, and things like that, like being in the moment for me is, is more something like that. And less the like five things you can see and four things you <laughs> like, yeah, I can't do that. Cause it's, it just stresses me out more. So yeah, I do things like that. Um, I dance a lot. So love to dance. Yeah. So I'm yeah. hearing like lots of body stuff for you. Lots of body stuff, which is why adding that in was so exciting for me because I thought, you know, sometimes people miss that part. They try to make it all about the mind and the body really stores a lot of that negative energy. Yeah. Um, whether it's anxiety or depression or, you know, just the troubles of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the trauma actually I've been reading through my reading and different research is primarily stored in our bodies. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. and not just trauma, but all the, all the stuff that trips us up mentally. Mm -hmm. Like I was just listening to this podcast yesterday and I, it's kind of, it's called, I'll just give it a plug because I'm talking about it. It's betwixt the sheets and it's like a history. I'm not exactly sure what, what it's about, but it was referred to me and I gave it a listen. And in this episode, they were talking about uh, the kind of history of drugs and psychedelics and different things. And they actually um, said that like, you know, serotonin, duh, like (laughs) I know this, you know this, but maybe other people aren't, it's, it's in the body, like all the hormones, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't just like release out of your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's all absolutely. over. It is. It is. And, and that's, that's just one we, of many. Right. And it's, and, it, and, and we forget that it's not just produced in the brain and then cycled through. Yeah. Your gut has a lot to do with it too. That's what I it was saying. Like it actually, in this study, I think, I believe the guy said, that we have more serotonin like producers or receptors. I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. in our gut than yeah. even in our brain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's wild, but it's, it's, wild. it's yeah. <laughs> but the average person doesn't get access to that unless they go digging for it. But so that's, you know, part of what I like to do is like, here's some stuff. Here's some yeah. things for you to think about. Here's some obscure to you information, but some really good things for you to dive into. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, like I really truly believe that, um, the best way to help somebody is to help them reconnect with themselves, help them become more intuitive. They're not becoming more intuitive. They're listening to their intuition. They're awakening Mm -hmm. their intuition to allow themselves to be their own special being and have their own special sauce (laughs) for how their life needs to be. And I can help guide you and give you know, what I do is give that safe space for exploration Mm -hmm. and learning and healing. But the goal is to get you out there listening to yourself and creating your own methods for relaxation. So that when you try the thing I told you to do and it doesn't work, you don't feel like it's hopeless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And intuition is tied in with spirituality. How so? Can you explain that? Well, so when we think about our intuition, I think that it's the the most basic part or maybe not the most basic part. I don't know much about anatomy to know whether or not that's true, but to me, it feels like the most basic part of this. We don't have to do it. It just exists. And um, when we are not in a spiritual place, Mm -hmm. I think our intuition also fades or it doesn't, it doesn't show up the same, or it doesn't show up as well, because we're not listening. So Mm -hmm. when we awaken our, our spirituality, we connect to the idea of the things we can't see. And that's what our intuition is. It's something we can't see. It's just Mm -hmm. something we know (laughs) or feel. Yeah, that makes sense. So, because it is another thing you can't see, you can't see your spirituality, right? Feel and something that really helps if you have faith in it, like your intuition. Right. You just have to accept that it exists and follow. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with, you know, spirituality, religion, all that kind of stuff. You're just accepting something that you weren't there for, (laughs) right. Just And following. So for people listening that may be struggling with this concept even, or maybe they're not, but they're still struggling with that intuition piece. And, and I know this to be true for a lot of people. I know that I've actually throughout different parts of my life 
very, have disconnected from my intuition, but people listening, how can they help themselves to awaken that connection with their own intuition and also learn to trust it? Cause that's the second piece. It is. <laughs> and for everybody listening, and you had said it before, Amber, it's not a perfect process and none of us yeah. <laughs> are going to do it hundred percent of the time. I still struggle with, you know, uh, because intuition and trauma sometimes show up this like very similarly oh, and yeah. we can act from a place of, of trauma and think that it's a place of intuition mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, similar, right? When we, when we come up against trauma, our brain is like, oh, we know about this. So let's just do this. Um, but intuition does kind of the same thing, except it doesn't have the past trauma to create the plan. It's just like, hey, this exists. And now mm. we've got to make a plan. How can you tell the difference between if it's your intuition or your trauma? Is there a way that you can do it on your own? Knowing the difference. Again, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of people laugh when I say this, because it's, it's, it's not always like it's, it depends and we don't really know. And, and it's, it's not a perfect process. Like I always say that. So it's like, yeah, we're not going to know, no all the time, yeah. you know, but when you start to feel like you know, you're getting an intuitive hit, like something feels like, oh, this isn't right. Or this is something to pay attention to. If you feel like you already know what's going to happen. A lot of times that's your trauma talking in one way or another. Okay. Because you, again, you know it, right. Mm -hmm. You, you know it because you've seen it and you're going to play it out and it's going to be negative. Mm. Right. Because trauma isn't going to tell us good stuff. Okay. Right? Like pay attention to this. Cause it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. That's called excitement and we don't question it, but our, our, our trauma is we've played it all the way out. It's going to be negative. We know 100% for sure. It's going to be negative. A lot of times that's trauma. Does that mean always? Of course not. Yeah. Right. Because we're smart. We also know when we're walking down a dark street and we hear footsteps, <laughs> just because we haven't been attacked at night doesn't mean it's not a dangerous situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's the, the, the pause that if we create that in our lives, that when we start to feel like something might be into like an intuitive hit, we just take a pause and explore it and say, mm-hmm. you know, have I been here before? What does this feel like? Do I feel like this is um, something that could be good? And I'm just being told to pay attention. Because that's what an intuition is going to do is just tell you to pay attention. Okay. Hey, look out for this, mm-hmm. follow it or don't follow it because it doesn't feel right. You know, like when I went on a job interview, mm-hmm. abandoning my entire everything because of fear, I wanted to throw up sitting in there when they gave me that offer. And it was like, I knew I got goosebumps right now. It was like, you have to say no, you have to. And it was because it wasn't right for me, mm-hmm. bumping up against the trauma, I had to sit and take a pause and say, is this because I know it's going to be negative because I've been in this situation and it's been negative, or am I really just not trusting myself that I could go out on my own? Mm-hmm. And, and my intuition is just telling me, pay attention to what you're about to do to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of, a, I guess, kind of an example of how mm-hmm. that pause can really work. Yeah. To help you discern if it's trauma or intuition. And it mm-hmm. sort of answers the question of how you awaken to that connection as you're just taking, you're tapping in and pausing. Nothing is for everybody. We've said that. I don't know how many times in this conversation <laughs> and I'm sure you've said it on other places, but yeah, there's no one size fits all. So 
Do you have some tools though that might work for most people listening to just start even tapping into that? Yeah, sometimes you don't even have any connection to like even the pause isn't gonna get you there. Right, right. Well, and so there's there there's that like nice little cocktail that we can have. So intuitively came to me right now to say was expression, right? Mm. And so that can come in different ways. We can talk to somebody about you know, what we think is happening or what we're feeling or, you know, those kind of things, we can write it down. This is why people say journal a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily because you're like, Hey, dear diary, it's more to kind of chronicle how, you know, what you've thought and, and how it stays true or doesn't stay true. Or, um, it can really just help you trust yourself. If mm-hmm. you say, Hey, this feels like this is going to be this way. And then later on, it is that way, you know, you get to connect the dots, I guess, more than if you don't ever, you know, try to track it, I guess maybe one way is to like, track your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings, so -hmm. that you can continuously be monitoring how it plays out or doesn't play out. Mm -hmm. Um, I really do think that getting a, a team of people to help you is imperative. And I know that financially that can be something that people come up against, but there's, there really is a lot of free groups out there with people who are willing to explore this with people and, and are going to be safe and be able to process this. Because to me, obviously with what I do, I believe that there is a huge benefit to processing it with another person who understands Mm -hmm. and that trying to go it alone, maybe will get you somewhere but you're going to have a difficult time putting it all together if you don't find different um, people to Mm -hmm. process that with. There's just something about the person-to-person connection that helps the conduit kind of be more cyclical Mm -hmm. versus just me hanging out with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. We support system uh, that includes other people is super important. And, you know, Part of that could just be listening to things like podcasts like ours could definitely help. You're in a way connecting with, with another person, but then I would say then maybe, yeah, having someone to talk that out with, like you said, to kind of work through the things that you're learning through books or podcasts or all the various different things that are free to us. I mean, your, your website has some great blog posts. There's just all kinds of free resources. And like you said, even free groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff on Facebook and mm-hmm. even in-person groups now that most of the time are free or very low cost. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that there's fear that's attached to a lot of it mm-hmm. um, because, you know, technically speaking, if you're, if you're wanting to go on that journey and you're afraid to do it, you know, there's, there's something that you have to block and it is easier, I think, to do it with somebody else because there's a different kind of accountability (laughs) when there's another person there (laughs) and it doesn't have to be forever, but we can really not do anything. We can listen to podcasts for a year and do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will just throw myself under the bus again. Cause that (laughs) just happened yesterday when it was was a walk. I love going for walks out in nature. Like that's my happy place going for a walk. I try to do it daily, be outside and all day. I just kept putting that off and putting that off. I know how good it is. Yeah. And my intuition kept saying, okay, it's time for your walk, time for your walk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally my husband came in and goes, do you want me to go for a walk with you? And at first I was like, no, it's going to be my podcast listening time. This is my, you know, walking meditation time. 
I was like, no, he needs to come with me or I'm never going to go. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was a, that sounds like what you're talking about when it yeah. comes to like our spirituality, our mental health, our just overall holistic yeah. health. Accountability, I think, is one of the major things that helps us start. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we see we see lots of people wanting to join a physical fitness program, right? Yeah. Because now there's accountability. There's something I can count. Or um, when we're ready to, to handle our emotional um, stuff, we'll go to a therapist because now we have accountability. We've made appointments and now they you know expect us there and, and those kind of things. I mm-hmm. think that we have to push ourselves to do that if we want to get this, any kind of real awakening that is going to continue, right? Like we will only go so far if we do it ourselves, we cannot be an island, you know, get the information, get as much free information as you can. You know, part of what I love to do is give people enough of the information I have so that when they go to another person, they feel like, oh, I I don't have to learn everything here. So it takes the weight off of how many times am I going to have to see the nutritionist? You know, it's kind of like, well, if you, if you learned about your body and you did your body sensitivity tests and all that stuff, not only will you not have to see them very often, but they'll be delighted to see you because you already did so much work. Yeah. It'll make it easier for them for sure. And so you do in your work, you do work with people one-on-one to help them connect deeper to the spirituality, learn to listen to their intuition and trust it. Yeah. What other, what am I missing here? Are there other, some other things you do? Yeah. Well, cause I, I kind of think of it as life, life alchemy, which is mm-hmm. actually the name of the, um, the, the program that I'm putting out, but it's, it's like really difficult to think that one person, you know, can go to seven different healers at any given time. Yeah. Like we'd like to be able to do that. We'd like to have the resources to be able to do that. But sometimes we just need some place where we can kind of get a little bit of everything so that we know where, where we really strongly need that Mm -hmm. person, you know, that's outside of that. And so when I think of it, it's like, it, it should maybe be called life coaching, but it's not because it's not goal oriented and push yourself and, you know, all of this kind of negative connotation that I think comes with life coaching. It's really just existing in your own life and creating it the way that you want to create it. So I've got people that come to me because they're like, well, you left the therapy field and created your own business. Can you teach me how to do that? (laughs) And it's like, I absolutely can. And along the way, we learn why you were so afraid to do it and what you didn't trust about yourself. And we confront your own, you know, imposter syndrome. And so there's a lot of growth. It's not just about create, you know, starting your own business, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I have people that will come because, you know, they're, they're leaving a relationship and they need strength building. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, I know that that's broken spirit building that we've got to do too. Um, So it is just kind of like a, the basis is your, your spirit and raising it and, you know, how to strengthen yourself from within. And that means most things of your life are something that we can talk about. If it's something we can't, I'm sending you (laughs) immediately (laughs) to somebody who you need, but it's really special. And that's what I was saying before was that I felt like when I started my business, it was like, people aren't going to get this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to understand like, which side are you on? (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And it was like, well, I'm a, I'm a whole being. Mm -hmm. Why can't everybody else be treated like a whole being? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we are, we're not just these 
human forms with a mind. There's mm-hmm. so much more. Uh, is there anything that you have coming up? You know, what's coming up this fall? Anything new? You mentioned a program. Yes. So I've been working yeah. on it um, okay. and it, it's going, it needs to be launched by the time I leave here. So by the okay. time this comes out, I will have been already, you know, traveling. So it will, it will be there. Okay. Um, and and it, it's called, you know, making your own magic life alchemy through intuition. It's basically just kind of what I do in a nutshell, like trying to help people as the best, the best that I can, because while I know that the one-on-one is, you know, very, very powerful, I also know that some people really are just going to not want to do it. Mm -hmm. So my way of being able to reach those people who are interested and want to do the work, but do not want to sit face to face with me to do it. Yeah. I'm creating this program for, for those kind of people. It's four weeks. It's, it basically touches a little bit on each one of the body, mind, soul things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hopefully going to reach enough people that we we make a good wave. Like all I want to do is make waves of happy people. (laughs) So that will definitely be out. There are also, I'm working on a career alchemy one too, because again, people like to come to me to be like, how do I get free like you? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that, that will also be out by then. Nice. Exciting. Okay. And one last question. Do you have any idea where you might be in the world uh, you know, in July, August, September? Any ideas? Um, well, so I, I've, my plan is to stick around here for a little bit, just mm-hmm. to kind of get used to, you know, being mobile, I guess, and stabilizing, you know, it feels like financially that would make um, some sense, but mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to be. Exciting. And it feels kind of good to say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you make yourself your way over to the West coast to visit your podcast partner up in Washington, you need to make a little trip down to Oregon. Absolutely. Have to hang out. Is there anything you want to add before we say goodbye? I think I just want people who are listening, and I say this with our podcast too, to just really stretch, stretch out and try because you can always go back. You probably won't want to, but you can always go back. There's nothing that says that once you touch spirituality, you have to become a certain way. That was a block that I had to go against was I'm not going to turn into something that I don't recognize. I don't have to, I'm going to be me. So if you're concerned about going into this and being like, well, I don't want to be XXX, please erase that and know that you'll just be you, but more connected. Yes. I love that. Thank you for adding that because yeah, you don't have to all of a sudden enjoy going to metaphysical fairs, which I know Vanessa does. She mentioned it. Some, someone in your, either you or your podcast partner mentioned it, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to like doing that to be a spiritual person. You don't have to wear crystals on your body or have a really cool mandala background like (laughs) Vanessa does. You don't have to, your spirituality is for you and only you really. I mean, it helps other people around you, but you don't have to be a certain way. Right. Unless you want to. Unless you want to. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you, Vanessa, so much for your wisdom. And I look forward to connecting more. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.